Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, hey, Freedom Church, it's good to be with you again today. We've got our new teaching series starting today, our reboot, asking the question, how do we discover the person that God created you and I to be? And hopefully we're going to help start our new year by rebooting. For me, this is a personal story. Uh, this, This next two weeks, I want to talk to you about something which I believe God's been speaking to me about and I want to share with you around what God wants to do in us and through us. In this last season where we've been facing some of the challenges, uh, I've just been really finding myself pushing back into God, discovering who God is for me once again. As I've been just kind of, everything we've known has been pulled apart. Everything we've been comfortable with has stopped. And suddenly our identity, maybe it's in our job, in our role, in our the activity we do, the part we play in our family, those things get pulled away and we're like, who, are, who am I? What am I here for? What am I called to do, called to be? And I just found myself rediscovering uh, my love for God and pushing into him and saying, God, it's it's more about you than ever before. And I think it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy to get busy doing different things. I want to spend time going back to the basics of our faith those next two weeks to rediscover one of the most important things that Jesus ever said. One of the most, and he said a lot of stuff, but one of the most important things that Jesus ever said. I want to do that today and next week. I don't know about you and how it works in your house, but in our house, uh, when there is computer uh, stress, often I'm the one that gets called into action. And uh, what tends to happen is, you know, at Christmas time, people get either new devices or they get new uh, bits of software or upgrades or new games to play. And they start downloading things, they're tapping away and the computer goes wrong, the device goes wrong, the phone goes wrong. And they come to see me, they go, Dad, it's not working. And, and typically, here's how this works. I'll, I'll give you some free advice. Here's how it works. Uh, they come to me and say, it's not working. My computer's not working, my phone or whatever it might be. And I will say the same words every single time. Have you turned it off and back on again? And there's this, this look of disbelief, like seriously, is that the best you can do? And then they will turn off the device, turn it back on again, and, and it will work. Nine times out of 10, it will work. And then there's almost like this really, I just can't believe that just worked the first time you did it. And they walk away, um, both pleased with my uh, advice and disappointed that it was so simple after all. How many times were we just turned off and back on again and it restarts? You know, the computer gets confused, conflicting messages. uh, It's like, it's too much. Everything's going on. I need to reboot and restart. And that's what happens when life gets messy and we get conflicting messages. When things get broken, we need to reboot and restart again. That's what a computer does and there's a fresh beginning. When we look back at the last year, it's been a messy year, a tough year, a challenging year with conflicting information and and we're uncertain of what to do. We need to reboot If we're honest, every year is a tough year, but this year has been very much more in our faces. We've seen what's been going on. We're going, how do we start again? How do we reboot the mess that we're in? When we talk about our Christian faith, with our Christian faith, we can get ourselves into a mess. We can start getting sidetracked by other things. We can start losing our first love, which we'll talk about in just a moment. We can start breaking promises. We can start filling ourselves with pride and deceit and forget uh, what we are about. And we need to reboot once again. 
And the good news is, and we've got some good news at the beginning of the year, the good news is that we can do that. The Christian faith is all about starting again. It's all about rebooting. 2 Corinthians 5 says um, that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, the new has come. You can reboot and restart as many times as you want to. We can be followers of Christ and have a fresh beginning. But in this self-focused world, where people are looking for answers within themselves, we are encouraged that that's where we can find the solution to our needs. And this is not God's way, but this is often the human way of doing things. I don't know about you, but one of the fun things we enjoy in the run-up to Christmas time is the kind of uh, the increase in perfume adverts. And you'll see people advertising the latest perfume. And, and don't get me started on perfume adverts. How on earth you can advertise a product that is a fragrance through a media that has no sense of smell is always, a, 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 you know, it makes a comment there in and of itself. But we love that good perfume advert. You know, it's always in black and white, isn't it? It's always in black and white. It's always with good looking models. The music is playing and it's quirky images of bisons in deserts or whatever it might be. But there was one particular advert I saw this year with a well-known football player, uh, heavily tattooed uh, in a black and white uh, photo image. And uh, he said these words, for me, there is no right or wrong. There is only right by you. There's no right or wrong. As long as you think it's right, it's right. As long as you think it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. And, and that's how the world works. You take a quick glance on social media and you'll find all kinds of comments and messages, things like this. If you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. I mean, some of you might think that sounds like a great preach sin, but, but that's not in the Bible. This idea, if you can dream it, you can become whatever you dream. Or here's the one I found. Happiness begins and ends with you. Oh, wow, you can become happy or stop being happy. It begins and ends with you. Seriously, like has, has that ever worked? To put ourself first is not how the maker designed us to work. We need help from our Father God. He's the one that made us. And if we want to reboot our systems, we need to go back to the one who made us in the first place. I don't know much about medical things, but I do know this, that when a heart gets out of sync, and it starts to go wrong. You might have seen that on, uh, on uh, TV shows or films where they get those electric pads, the defibrillator, and they place the defibrillator across the heart and they give it an electric shock. And what they're doing at that point isn't starting the heart, they're stopping the heart. And when you stop a heart that gets out of, uh, of, of a fibrillation of, 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 of the uh, right rhythm, it then starts again naturally. It reboots, it begins, but it needs to be stopped so it can start again. And I want to talk over this week and next week around how we can actually reboot. It's a new year. It's a new start to get those right rhythms into place, to clear up the mess, to take a moment, to reboot, to have an internal shift that will give us an eternal benefit. God created the heavens and the earth. Right at the back of Genesis, and I do this every year, I read through the Bible in a year, and I'm starting back again in Genesis, and that story of creation, that story of the world that God made with such good intention, and yet man made a mess of it. What happened? 
Man got self-centered. Man and woman, Adam and Eve, were there at the same time, tempted by the serpent. And what did he say to them? You can have whatever you want. You can have the knowledge of good and evil. You can be like God. And as they took on what they wanted and self-desired, then the world became a mess. Following selfish desires leads to chaos. And then um, God sent Noah and, and the flood came along and, and we tried to restart and reboot the earth at that point through the work of Noah and the ark. It didn't work and God said, I'm not going to do that again. I've got to find a different way. And within, literally within weeks of Noah landing, um, there was a few problems and the mess started again and selfish desires started populating the earth through humankind. And Jesus, uh, the son of God, was sent to once again, his God's new plan to reboot humankind, to start again. And God sent his son, Jesus, who came not just to tell great stories but and to tell great truth, but also to be the sacrifice for each one of us, to sacrifice himself for others. And one of the words that Jesus said, often known as the great commandment, um, comes from Matthew 22. If you turn to Matthew 22 in your Bibles in verse 34, it's called the most important commandment or the greatest commandment. And it says these words, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees and Sadducees were, were two um, kind of religious parties that Jesus was working with at that time. And when the herds replied, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now you have to understand the Pharisees loved a good rule. They took the law of Moses from the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, and they quadrupled all those commandments. In fact, they did more than that. They created dozens of commandments and rules and legislation and behaviours and habits everyone had to do. And they took things to the nth degree. And Jesus said these words to them when they asked this question. He said, here's the greatest commandment. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart or your soul or your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus cut through all the other stuff and he said, you know, you can have all your rules, you can have all your kind of systems, you have all your plans, uh, but here is the greatest two commandments. Love God and love others. It comes down to all of those things. You can get sidetracked by being really busy, doing lots of really good stuff, but what you need to be doing is loving God and loving others. So I want to spend time this uh, today and next time talking about what does that mean for us? How do we spiritually reboot? How do we love God once again? How do we push into our relationship with God? What does that even look like? And the first thing I want to say to us is this. To reboot, it starts with remembering to remember what God has done for you, to remember that he, he calls us to worship 
because of what he's done for us. 1 John 4 says he first loved us. We love him because of what he has done for us. It's about taking our eyes off ourselves and our own needs and putting our focus on God. That is worship. Worship is turning our attention back to God again. Worship is declaring you are the one I give my all to, to focus on God, to remember what he has done. And it makes us want to respond in praise. That's why the best worship songs are songs that declare how great God is and what he has done for us rather than the problems we are facing. But sometimes our self-centered world says, but what about me? I need help. And I would say, worship God. Let everything, the Bible says, that has breath, praise the Lord. For the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and we get a head start now on this planet at this time. He is the author, the perfecter, the beginning, the end, the alpha and the omega and we should be pushing into worshipping God for who he is and what he has done for you. But, but what about my knees? What about the things that I am struggling with right now? And I would say worship God. Give him your attention, give him your energy, your time, your love, your heart, your soul, your mind. But, but what about me? And I would say, worship God. That let those who worship him do so in spirit and in truth. That Jesus, he is the vine, that we are the branches, we need to stay connected into him. We mustn't become cut flowers put in a vase that will eventually die. We stay connected into the source of life by worshipping God. And yet our desire is always, what about me? And I want to encourage you to take our eyes off ourselves and to worship God. So it's all about him. Acts 17 says this, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move. Or in Colossians 1 it says, God is in you. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. Don't look for God in yourself. Look to God and then you will find yourself. To reboot, we start by remembering. Remembering what God has done for that, for you, for your family, for those around you. When we focus on self, essentially it's sin. We are looking to ourselves for the answers when we need to be looking to God for our hope. Worshipping is remembering who God is. And that's it, to, to know God, to enjoy him forever. When does all the other stuff come along? I find it fascinating how we take something so simple as a relationship between us and God and we get it complicated through rules like the Pharisees did back in the time of Jesus. Imagine, if you will, that, you know, when I met my wife, Lottie, I'm in love with this person. I love her and I want to be with her. And imagine I said to her, I've got a few rules that I want to bring into our relationship. I'd like just to kind of, just to be really clear, here's how we're going to do things. Um, I'm going to do all the talking and you're going to do all the listening, which is maybe how it works sometimes in a household, who knows? Um, and, and here's what else we're going to do. Um, we're not going to meet together apart from one hour on a Sunday and the rest of the week we won't talk. Um, I, I've got a book about you and I'm going to read it so I know a lot about you, but we won't do anything other. And when I do talk to you, I'll bring you a list of things that I need you to do for me. That, that doesn't sound like a relationship. 
That just sounds like uh, something that is helping me with my needs. And our relationship with God is one of worship, of forgetting who we are and giving our attention to God, to remembering him, to be loving him and not just saying, what about me? Jesus is looking for a church that is above all else is known for its love of him, that it's loving him. Remember that moment you first fell in love with Jesus? When you first encountered him for yourself, you first discovered him and you were, this is the person I want to, to, to celebrate and live my life for and make a difference to those around me. Maybe you fell in love with God. There was this honeymoon period. But in the book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible, in Revelation 2, there's this moment where there's a challenge on the church there. You know, life goes on and, and, and eventually, you know, you, things can ease and you can lose your first love is what Revelation talks about. Other things can creep in, work, business of life, relationships, even ministry, even church can lead you away from your passion of your first love. And Jesus in that, is in that book of Revelation, commends the activity. He says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. He says, yeah, that's great. But actually, I have, there have been times where we've neglected the king being busy working for the kingdom. And Jesus commends the church's patience in suffering and perseverance. You've endured hardship, he says, in my name. But maybe there have been some times where we so focused on our problems and our suffering that we lose that first love. And Jesus challenges us at the end of that chapter and says, you have forsaken your first love. Such challenging words for us. We should never lose our first love for God, to stay enthusiastic, to stay excited about Jesus. But Jesus back at the centre is all about rebooting for him. To truly reboot as a follower of Christ, we remember what God has done for us, forgetting ourselves and focusing on him. I don't know your story right now, but... It starts with remembering. And the second part of loving God is repenting. To remember and repent is how we start again. To clean up our act where we've slipped up into complacency or compromise, where we're into things we know we shouldn't be doing. There's a story that Jesus told of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and they came into the temple one day to pray. And there's this moment and this image that Jesus sets out in this storytelling of the Pharisee, the religious leader who's got it all together and stands and prays with great pride. And then there is a the tax collector, the, that, the guy that would be, you know, hated by the community around him, who would probably quietly rocking in the corner before God and said these words in Luke chapter 18, tells his story. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed instead. He beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I ask you today, I ask myself, which one of those two characters are you? The Pharisee or the tax collector? Are you the one that knows that you need to change? Or are you the one that thinks others need to change? 
I know that too often I've been the one that thinks others need to change to become more like me, when truthfully, I'm the one that needs to change to become more like God. That's repentance. Repentance is turning away, is recognising that we've made mistakes, we've got things wrong, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard, the purposes of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's only through Jesus and us pushing into him. We repent by choosing, saying, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. We turn around and we turn to God to confess our sins, to get clean, to get on our knees and to start the new year in humility. To reboot is about remembering and is about repenting. To throw off everything that hinders, to give God our full attention once again. So as I wrap up our time today, I want to challenge us, you and me, to reboot. Is there something you could do to start this year well? Is there a way that you could actually start this year more focused with your life on God himself? As as, as followers of Christ, you are royalty. As sons and daughters of the King of Kings, you are royalty. And royal people live differently to commoners. Royal people live to establish legacy. Royal people live to establish the kingdom, to support and to celebrate the king and the queen or the queen. Our time on earth is not to get famous. It is to make God, the king, famous. That's what we're called to do. What are you going to do this year to make that true? What am I going to do this year to make that true? My prayer is that we would be a church that is celebrating who Jesus is. We lift up the name of Jesus. He becomes the one that sets us free. He becomes the one that we give our attention to. Not just clever ideas or ways of fixing things or managing things or self-help, but we give our attention to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the cornerstone of our faith. He is the one that we trust in. So this year... I want to challenge you from the beginning of January to say, can we reboot? Can we start again? Can we get rid of the mess? Can we remember and repent and say, Jesus, it is all about you. You are who it is for and about. Let me pray for us as we bring this to an end. Lord God, I thank you for everyone listening and watching today. Father God, I pray that this would be an opportunity for each one of us to ask that question. How do we love you more? How do we follow you more? How do we cast things off that are no longer helpful to us? How do we repent? How do we remember so we can have a fresh start again? Lord, I pray for Freedom Church. I pray for all the people who are part of this community that they would know that they have a fresh start in you, that they'll be able to start again, start afresh. That this new year would give a new opportunity to reboot, to begin again, to put the old behind, the old is gone, and let the new come. We trust in you, God. We give you our full attention. We're sorry sometimes we've got distracted by other things going on around us, and we turn our gaze 
onto our Father God. And so we say, you are the one that we choose to follow this year. We, as I said, we, we hold the hand of the God as we walk into the darkness and the unknown. We trust you today. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.